You know, I remember back to when I was a kid, how often I would end up having conversations with my mom or dad about my hearing. Now, it wasn't necessarily about my physical hearing, but about my ability or inability, which was far more often the case, uh, to listen to what my parents said. Oh, how I wish that I had outgrown that as a child. But even still in my married life, I often uh, find that I tune out when my wife is speaking to me. And every now and then, just to kind of bring me back uh, to being present in our conversation, she'll say, did you even hear what I said? And I'm sure that somewhere in my brain, I heard what she said. It just didn't register. Now, whenever we come to God's word, it's very important that we don't just hear it. It can't just sort of hit uh, the, the organs in our ears and drift around in there. It's something that needs to be listened to, heeded it to, if you want to use an old word about it. And Jesus talks about that in our passage today uh, in Luke chapter 8. Now, last week we looked at uh, the parable of the sower, that beautiful uh, parable about a sower that goes out and sows seeds, and the seeds fall on different kinds of ground. And really, the application, one of the applications from that text that we looked at last week, was that you need to have a receptive heart. Well, what does a receptive heart look like uh, to the teaching and person of Jesus? Well, it is a, a heart that hears and listens to what uh, Jesus has to say. Let's read this text now. It's in Luke chapter 8. It's in verse uh, 16, and we're going to read down through verse 21. Listen as I read God's word. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear, for the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Thus ends the reading of our text. When we study God's word, we want to make sure we're the type of people who hear his word and do it. So let's pray and ask for him to help us in that. Even now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do love you and we thank you for these words, the words that we read with our eyes uh, that we hear with our ears. But Lord, we pray that these words will find a receptive home in our hearts. And Lord, that we will really listen and take heed to these words. I pray, O oh Lord, that you will help the one who maybe it's been a long time, or maybe they have never uh, really heard the words of Jesus. May your spirit enable them to hear them today. For those who have heard it and responded to it, I pray that they will grow even by the hearing of your word again. And oh Lord, help us be encouraged, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So as we look at this uh, short text today, I really want us 
uh, to look at it in under two headings. One of all, first of all, I want us to talk about responding to the light. And secondly, I want us to talk about our relationship with Jesus. So responding to the light and then our relationship with Jesus. First of all, we see in the first part of this passage that uh, we see that there are responses to the light. Jesus introduces uh, this figure, one that uh, you find throughout the Gospels, but Luke actually uses uh, a couple of times. And, and it says that no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Now, some people may remember, if you are a real Bible scholar, you may remember a passage in Matthew uh, chapter 5 that talks about uh, a light, be a light on a hill. And this is a different kind of thing. Here in this text, again, Jesus has just taught this parable about the sower who sows seed on different kinds of ground. And in his interpretation, he's shown us that those different types of ground really represent different kinds of people, or to be precise, the hearts of different kinds of people. In other words, there is this wonderful seed that is being spread, and you want to be the right kind of ground to receive it and see a multiplication in that seed through fruitfulness. Well, here he changes the picture a little bit as Luke writes, and here he talks about this, this light, and he makes a great observation. No one lights a light just to hide it. Now, what kind of light is this talking about? Is this talking about uh, the light of people who follow Jesus? Uh, is it talking about uh, the light that is in every single person, as some people believe those things? No, what he's talking about here is the light that Jesus is. His light, the light of his person, and more precisely, given the context, the light of his teaching. He is saying, my words, my life here, is like a light, and you don't want to hide it. You want to put it somewhere so that as many people as possible can benefit uh, from that light. Now, that certainly has application to those who, like me, talk about Jesus or teach about Jesus uh, or tell other people about Jesus. Certainly, we are uh, showing light, but we're not the light itself. Jesus is always the light. I think sometimes, especially for people uh, like myself, it becomes tempting to get confused and to believe that I'm actually the source of light in this world. But at best, I am a reflection of the light of Jesus. And so whenever I teach his word, that's why I pray that the Spirit of God will show us uh, the light of Jesus as we look at his word together. And so that's really the theme. Now, I want us to just stop for a second and just talk about that light for a second, because I think we often end up with lots of substitute lights in our life, uh, things that we look to to sort of light our way and uh, give us uh, guidance in our lives. Sometimes we look to simply what the world is talking about, you know, what's in the newspaper, on social media, and we say, well, that will kind of help guide me in uh, the way I live, the way I think, uh, the way I do things. 
Uh, you know, it's so funny. I've never met a person who flat out admits, oh, yeah, uh, my opinions and my thoughts and and all of that is really formed by uh, the news media and social media. No, nobody ever says that about themselves, but we often observe it about other people. Well, that's because we've made uh, that kind of media our light. We're looking to it. Uh, to light our way. Sometimes we can depend upon the light of our own intellect, and we can simply say, well, I'll figure it out. I'll just sort it out, and and uh, I'm sure that as I, I give it uh, consideration, and I, I spend time on it, and I, and I read lots of books, that I can have enough light from my own understanding uh, to give me guidance in uh, the way that I should go. I, I think others uh, might look to uh, you know, gurus or uh, psychics, spiritual advisors and others, uh, which it still amazes me that you see those uh, along uh, many of the roads you might travel by. And they say, well, I'm going to just depend on what those people say uh, to light my way. Some people who uh, are particularly involved in the church, they look to a specific teacher or a specific preacher and they say, well, that's my light. You know, what that person says, his teaching, her teaching, and that's the light that lights my way. But you see that those things can never be a substitute, can never replace, can never guide us like the true light, the light of Jesus Christ, his person and his teaching. Now, yes, are those who love him supposed to be little lights, reflective lights in this world? Of course. But we need to always be careful that we don't confuse the reflective light for the real light. Always need to come back to Jesus. We do it by reading his word. We also do it by talking to him in prayer. And so, first of all, Jesus is talking about uh, his light. Now, of course, it has application for the disciples of his and every other uh, minister that has gone out and proclaimed the words of Jesus to the world. In that sense, they are bringing the light of Jesus to the world. But he's talking here in this passage to be particularly careful about how you respond to that light. I want us to see in this text three different ways people respond to that light. First of all, Notice he says it as a negative there at the beginning of the text uh, that no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed. Now, <laughs> when I was uh, a kid and really uh, later on in life, I, I used to sing, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Right. You know, and I, I always loved the, the, the verse, hide it under a bush. Oh, no. You know. I'm going to let it shine, right? Why? Because we don't want the light of Jesus to be hidden. But oftentimes we do try to hide it. Why would we try to hide the light of the world? Why would we want to try the, the one light that can guide us and, and give us direction? Well, we do it because truthfully, we prefer to go our own way, or at least I do. I like doing what I want, thinking what I want. Uh, you know, I like talking and uh, the way I want and treating other people the way I want. And oftentimes the teaching of Jesus, Jesus himself, seems inconvenient. And I sort of want to hide it away. Maybe I do that just by not reading his word very much. Maybe I do it by not uh, being a part of the body of Christ. Maybe I do it by making sure that I change my friend group so I'm not around any little reflectors of the light of Jesus. 
but I'm trying to cover it up. I'm trying to make sure that it doesn't affect me for all of those reasons. So that's the first uh, kind of person. You know, what's interesting about this text is Jesus says trying to hide it is absolutely futile. It is silly. Notice what he says. He says, nothing that is hidden will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known, uh, will not be, excuse me, will not be known and come to light. What is Jesus saying is you can act like the light's not there. You can try to hide the light, but the light of Jesus is so great and so irresistible that it will reveal the truths that we would love to keep secret. What kind of truths? Well, the exposure of our own heart. And that's really what we see in the other responses. So the first response is simply to try to hide uh, the light. That's one response. Another response is uh, actually to be self-deceptive about the light. We really see that in the explanation that uh, Jesus gives. Uh, notice the second part of verse 18 from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Here, as Luke writes this text, he's making uh, sure that the reader understands, that's me and that's you, understands that we can hear uh, the, the words of Jesus, we can be in the light of Jesus, but uh, basically we can fool ourselves. We can do that simply by going through the motions. We can do that like me as a kid who certainly heard the voice of my mother. I just didn't listen to it. And we can do that uh, with uh, the way we respond to the light that is Jesus himself. We can make ourselves believe that we're okay. A lot of people do this by their performance. They say, well, I, I, I do all the right things. I avoid all the wrong things. You know, uh, like that old uh, expression, I don't, I don't smoke. Uh, drink or chew or go out with people who do, you know, that kind of thing. And we feel good about ourselves. We say, well, you know, I must, I must really get this light stuff really well. But in reality, we've just, we're deceiving ourselves. We're not paying attention to uh, all of the things that point to the reality that we're, we really don't want to have anything to do uh, with the light itself. Jesus wants us to examine ourselves. Are we responding to the light or are we uh, simply trying to, uh, to, to to look like we are. But then, of course, there's the third type of response to the light. And that response is that we hear it. This is the word uh, that he uses. Uh, Take care then how you hear, again, verse 18, for to the one who has, more will be given. The one who hears it, and here it means the one who listens to it, the one who brings it home to their heart, the one who cherishes uh, the light, uh, the, the person and words of Jesus, that person will have a great response or a great result from their response to the light. And what will that be? They'll continue to grow in their enjoyment of the light. They'll continue to grow in that. Now, during uh, a, a couple months ago, whenever I actually uh, ended up infected with uh, the coronavirus, uh, one of the weird effects it had on me when I was sick with that is that it affected my vision. Now, the world was just as bright and just as clear as it had ever been, but my vision, for whatever reason, and I really don't know, uh, my vision was slightly impaired. I didn't know it until I 
felt like I was doing a lot better and just wanted to drive up to the post office and drop something in the mailbox that was outside. And, uh, you know, Karen was with me and I said, you know what? I, I really cannot see uh, the traffic on the road. That is really not a good uh, thing. And I do not recommend it. But the reality was that my eye wasn't seeing everything that there was to see. And do you know one of the beauties of uh, coming to Jesus, of coming, responding to the light of Jesus in the appropriate way, is that we will never, never, not in this life, not in the life to come, we will never see all that there is to see about Jesus. The light of Jesus is one that we can never fully take in, but we have the opportunity to take it in and see more and more uh, for all eternity. This is what Jesus is saying. What happened to the one who deceived themselves? What they thought they knew they'll lose as well. Haven't you ever seen that? Maybe you've seen it in your own life. I certainly did when I went away to college. You thought uh, you were a responder to the light, but you were self-deceived. That was true of me. And as soon as I got to college, I realized that the allures of the world were just too tempting. Uh, and it showed that uh, really I didn't, I, I wasn't who I uh, thought I was. Well, you know what? What I even thought I knew about Jesus began to dissipate over the years of wayward walking uh, that I did during college. So thankful that by his grace, he actually brought me uh, to saving faith in Christ when I was 21 years old, and that he has also, through his spirit, taught me not only his word, but a love for his word. I want to know more and more about Jesus and this is what happens when we don't just, you know, deceive ourselves, but we really do embrace uh, the light that is in Jesus. Now, so that is the response to the light. I pray that you are responding. Maybe you're sitting there going, I think I do a little bit of all those things. I might hide it. I might deceive myself. I think sometimes I'm able to really hear uh, the word of God to respond to the light of Jesus well, you know what? That's why we need the help of the Spirit. He's the one who will always make Jesus the most attractive, the most wonderful thing that we can focus on. And he will enable us to see more and more of the light of Jesus. Now, secondly, in this text, uh, I kind of merge two different texts together because they're small and they really kind of have the same uh, point. And that is uh, this passage about Jesus's family. We see here that sort of the setting changes from this large group of people uh, that Jesus is teaching. And now we find that Jesus is inside and uh, the situation is such that his family has come to him and, and they can't get to him. They're on the outside and he's on the inside. And someone says, you know, hey, your, your, uh, your family, you know, your mother and your brothers, are standing out outside. They desire to see you. And here's what we see, this beautiful, beautiful, deep uh, truth about what our relationship is uh, to Jesus. What is our relationship? Well, if you are one of those people who are responding to the light by receiving it and, and, and having the Spirit of God continue to teach you more and more, here, Jesus says, then you 
if you're one of those people, you are my family. Isn't it amazing? I still get stunned by this every time I read it. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Who is the family of God? Those who have heard uh, the word of God, who have embraced the person of Jesus by faith and who are living it out in their life. I know that sometimes it's easy for us to feel like we're an outsider. You know, it's a natural thing. We go into any group of people and immediately we, we uh, perceive, well, all those people know each other, but, but I really don't belong. Or at least I feel that way. I've talked to a lot of people who feel that way. I can't tell you how many times over my pastoral ministry, I've had the conversation with someone uh, that said, I just don't fit at the church. I'm not, I'm not one of the inside people. I'm not part of the, the in crowd, you know, so to speak, or whatever the language that they use. And uh, usually when they tell me that, I, I, whether I do it externally or not, I kind of chuckle because you know what? All the people they perceive as being in the, 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 that special group of insiders all feel alone and isolated and like they're on the outside. Why? Because we still have a struggle with sin and the world uh, and the devil. And those things are constantly telling us that we don't have value, that we're not significant, we're not important. And so therefore, we obviously externalize and say, well, all those people are, but I'm not. We need to remember, A, that all those other people are probably struggling with the exact same thing. But more importantly, we need to remember what Jesus says about our relationship to him. He says, if you have heard the good news, the good news of the gospel that is Jesus and that Jesus teaches, which is that even though we are all rightfully separated from God and other people because we have fallen from the created perfection that God uh, made us to have, and we have actually fallen into sin, and that sin manifests itself in saying, doing, uh, and feeling uh, the wrong things about God and other people. It brings a break in our relationship with God and a break in our relationship to others. But we've also heard uh, Jesus. We've seen his light. And we have seen that God in his grace, he didn't leave us to suffer that alienation from God and each other, but he became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. That's why he is the light. He is the good news. Jesus has come to live on this earth, to live that life we have never. He didn't fall short of God's glory, but he showed us God's glory. He was perfect in every way. And yet at the end of his life, he was crucified. That means he was executed by Rome as a seditious rebel against Rome as far as the Jewish leadership we're concerned, a blasphemer against God. In reality, I am the one who in my nature has been seditious against the rightful rule and reign of God. So why was Jesus judged in that way? Well, because he actually bore the punishment that my rebellion, my sin, actually deserved. He Because what sin deserves is death. And he went 
even to death and to burial, to pay the penalty for my sin and for the sin of all who will believe in him, all who will respond appropriately to the light. And he says, not just, okay, now you're back to neutral. I think that's the way we think. Okay, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He rose from the grave uh, to give me new life in him. And we say, great, that gets me back to zero. You know, I've been at like negative trillion, trillion upon trillion, but now I'm back to neutral. No, he brings us into the family of God. Why? Because that new life that comes through the resurrection of Jesus means that we are clothed in the righteousness. That means the right standing and right performance of Jesus, that we are clothed in his righteousness. When God sees us, he sees us not in our uh, own righteousness, but in the perfection of Jesus Christ. That is such great news for those of us who have believed. We have zoomed from rebel against God, hater of God, to child of God, son of God, daughter of God. And Jesus says, and that's expressed through the fact that you are my family. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is the light of the world. He is uh, through him. Uh, everything was made and is sustained. And yet he calls you my sister, my brother. That is a wonderful truth. Why? Because we have embraced his truth. We have been that receptive heart to the seed that he has sown into us by the power of the Spirit. And how do we see that working itself out? He says, those who hear and do my word. Now, sometimes people get thrown by that and they say, well, what is it? I can't do it. Well, now what he's saying is that you really believe you're relying on my words for your light in your life. Remember when we talked about that at the beginning? The light is what shows you the path. It's what uh, shows you uh, where you're heading. It enables you to get there. Well, what do we look for for that? Well, for those of us who've received it, we look to Jesus. We want to do what he says. Why? Because we know he's 100% trustworthy. Because we know he's the only right path in all the universe. Because he is the light. It would be silly to continue to stumble around in darkness when we claim to have seen the light. And this is what Jesus is saying. When we are his family, his mother, his brothers, his sisters, because we have heard and received him, then we, of course, will follow after him. We'll do what he says. Now, what a great encouragement. I suppose at the end, the best thing we can do is simply pray and ask God to enable us to see where our heart is even now. Is our heart a receptive heart? Are we one who wants to respond to the light of Jesus and be guided, to be filled, to be a reflector of him? Or are we still trying to hide that light? Maybe there is some secret sin or public sin that we would rather hang on to than to follow Jesus in, the, in his light. Or maybe 
we've just gotten so used to deceiving our own hearts that we wouldn't even know what that experience is like to have received him, to embrace him, to do what he says out of delight, not out of duty. I pray that this week you'll find time to to think and pray and continue to look uh, at Jesus and his word and to ask him to not only show you where your heart is, but to help your heart continue to grow in your embrace of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your word and pray even now that you will continue to grow us in it as we look to our light, Jesus Christ. I pray, O oh Lord, that you will uh, continue to enable us to reflect his light in our life, in our workplace, in our school, in our family, in this world. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this week. We love uh, that you are with us in this time. We'd love to hear from you as well, of course. If you would like to uh, drop us an email or perhaps go to our website and find more resources. At this point, we have actually accumulated quite a lot uh, in terms of uh, video and audio there over the last year uh, that uh, you can go back and catch up in our study of Luke or see some of the other things uh, that we have studied together. We love to hear from you. Now, before you go, I want you to listen to this blessing that comes uh, from the Word of God. Hear now this blessing from Numbers chapter 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.